0: We're not wearing the same thing as we were last week. Oh, okay. Had to had fact to check. <laughs> had to check. There's a good ch- Honestly, with the size of my wardrobe, there was a good chance that it happened.
1: I know. <laughs> I had to double check myself.
0: <laughs> All right. Practicing simplicity is its finest. Mm. My three shirts.
1: Simplicity or cheapness?
0: A little bit of both.
1: All right. We are back. Welcome back to episode two, season two of From the Ridge. Uh, For those of you who don't know us, I'm Nathan. I'm our operations manager here at Northridge, and we have again on the show uh, Jacob Piro, our pastor of discipleship and spiritual formation, and so we're excited to dig into week Mm -hmm. two of uh, our new series. Yeah. And so we did get a question come in this week. We did? We did. Um, One I did not see coming. It was it was out of left field, but I see I mean, sorry, where they were yeah, coming from. I, yeah, when, anytime you go through Genesis,
0: uh, a question of this nature is bound to happen. Um, yeah, it didn't des- necessarily come from the sermon, but it definitely came from the passage.
1: Definitely yeah. from the work we're, yeah. we're, we're working through. And so the question came... Um, as we talk about adam and eve where the heck do cavemen come into the picture yeah uh and i think a you super, know what super i think simple question. a lot of people have thought about it themselves mm-hmm. if they watch any movies they would think how does this fit into my Cave worldview? cavemen dinosaurs um and so i don't know do you want to put a take a mm-hmm. stab at that yeah, I'll, a very
0: light stab. Light stab. Um, because this is a question that certainly you can go very, very, very deep into mm-hmm. uh, beyond the breadth of probably both of our level of understanding. Okay. Um, and so there are many different people and organizations that I would probably direct you to that supersede what I can provide to you in some of these kinds of questions. Um BioLogos is one of them, Uh, we'll probably attach it, an organization that kind of looks at the relationship between faith and the scriptures and science, because that's ultimately what I feel like this question is getting at.
1: It's definitely leaning into the idea of uh, creationism, the literal account of how humans came about. Uh, We have uh, science, which speaks a lot of the evolution Mm -hmm. of man into who we've become. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's lots that can be said kind of about the topic. So
0: what I will say in this moment is not necessarily dive deep into the seven literal days of creation or the more, um, I guess, old earth, new earth kind of philosophies. Just something to keep in mind as you engage in that is that the truths, what I believe, the truths of uh, Genesis 1 and 2 and the creation of the worlds are compatible with either kind of one of those views is what mm-hmm. I, would, I would say. Um, because the one is taking this very literally, so obviously it is compatible with what Genesis 1 and 2 reveal. Mm-hmm. But even the other view of, of trying to incorporate the idea of, of kind of evolution and the process in which um
1: homo sapien came to be
0: yeah there is it's very very it's presented as if that that contradicts what we reveal in here i don't believe that to be true Mm -hmm. right they they definitely can blend together and in in viewing it in a way that this is the process through which god created Mm -hmm. um and but to be more specific to but also upholds this notion that obviously carolyn um pointed to in her message that human beings were created in the image of God. And so even if you do see this process of unfolding as God created over the course of more than just a seven day period Mm -hmm. uh, or a literal seven day period, that at some point God breathed his breath into humanity as we see presented to us in Genesis chapter one and two. And so I think that's just a helpful thing to keep in mind because there are very smart people that fall on both sides of this question, so we're not going to attempt to tackle it right now. (laughs) Um, But I think at least, yeah. Not that it's not an important question, it is, but the fact that a biblical view can be held regardless of which way you go, I think is the important thing to keep in mind, and if you're interested in this topic, then by all means dive into it, but I don't know. I think there's bigger questions. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, I think the heart of it, whether you think it's an old earth, a new earth, whether you think we were literally formed um, by God in an instant, or if you believe that over millions of years humans came about, what ultimately is happening is that we have been, humanity has been created in God's image. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that... um, something sets us apart Mm -hmm. from all the other creatures on the earth. Um, And I used to think to myself that what set humanity apart was reason, um, that we had the ability and capacity to reason, that a God had given that to us. Uh, I certainly have changed my kind of view on that. Mm. Um, Not every human we know has the capacity to reason, Mm -hmm. um, and they're no less human. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the courses... Uh, my wife Madeline was studying, Mm -hmm. uh, was the theology of the human person, thinking really specifically about what it means to be human. Um, And in synthesizing the work of a theologian named Ray Anderson, um, she said this, and I think it helps kind of frame what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. The ultimate differentiation and distinction between humans and non-humans is God's determination to make mankind in his image. Uh, that's what you shared and what mm-hmm. Carolyn shared Sunday. Mm-hmm. That is what makes us set apart. We see that Genesis 1, 26. As the Im- imago Day, my Latin sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, as the imago Day alone renders us as human and determines that it means to be human, there is an innate correspondence between divine and human being. Mm-hmm. Unlike other animals, humans are not simply determined by creaturely nature. Mm -hmm. We're not like all the other creatures that move and walk around the earth. But we have an orientation to God where we're called to participate joyfully Mm -hmm. in this divine appointment. In being addressed by God, we also have the ability to address Him. Mm -hmm. And there's this beautiful symbolism that we see uh, in the Trinity, Mm -hmm. uh, this relationship that we're invited to participate in. Yeah. So however it came about, uh, I don't think it matters. Yeah.
0: And that makes perfect sense in light of everything we see revealed in the scriptures because it's really a story of God's interaction with man. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the reason that would be is because we are the unique creation that he created that was to in his image and to bear his image. Right. Um, And so, yeah, I think you hit the the nail on the head there.
1: One other quote I I was thinking in preparing for this question uh, comes from a book by Sandra Richter.
0: So that we don't actually have to answer it. So we don't don't have to answer it. We (laughs) can just point it to somebody else.
1: Go read this book. And I can say, because I've read it, good book. Yeah. Um, The Epic of Eden by Sandra Richter. I'll link it down below. Yeah, your life group's going through it. My life group group. is going through it. Um, And this is her introduction. So she's an Old Testament scholar. And I think sometimes when we get caught up with these questions about cavemen, evolution, this, that, the other, Mm -hmm. uh, we can lose track of what scripture is truly about. Mm -hmm. And so this is what she says, uh, and I quote, "...the Bible in all its parts is intended to communicate to humanity the realities of redemption. Over the centuries, the church has stumbled when it's forgotten this truth." Mm -hmm and has thereby, ironically, damaged the authority of the book from which it draws its life. Often the error has run in the direction of making this book, our scripture, less than it is, less than the inspired word of God, Mm -hmm. less than the supernatural report of God's doing through the ages, and the definitive rule for life and practice among those who believe. But this is, I think, the important part here. But just as often, the error has run in the other direction, Attempting to make the Bible more than it is, Mm -hmm. too often in our zeal for the worldwide influence of this book, we forget that it was not intended as an exhaustive ancient world history or a guide to the biology and paleontology of Mm -hmm. creation or even a handbook on social reform. And so I think when we frame uh, our reading of scripture as an understanding as God has revealed himself to his humanity Mm -hmm. in which he has... Um, approached and we can approach him. Mm-hmm. We take a kind of a perspective that invites us to read with clarity. Yeah, the Word of God and to know exactly
0: what this book is like. It, to treat it as a scientific textbook uh, leads to some issues. Yeah, because yeah, I know a helpful way that someone has presented Genesis chapter one and two is it's not a it. Yes, it presents it kind of in a systematic way, um, but. The primary message of this text is that God created everything, not the processes through which he went and Mm -hmm. created, because that's not what the text communicates. And so, yeah. um, yeah. And ultimately,
1: to kind of round out the question, he made us in his image and in Mm -hmm. his likeness, to bear Mm -hmm. his image. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the important thing. So we completely did not answer the question of We walked around that question the best we could. We walked right (laughs) around it, but... We'll link some
0: helpful things that will actually more address that question. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, but if we're turning back to Carolyn's message, mm-hmm. uh, there was definitely this imagery of Eden and the idea of heaven and earth, and and kind of if they're two distinct heaven and earth, Eden was where they overlapped. Yeah. Uh, that Eden was this perfect harmony between God and man. Mm-hmm. It speaks in Genesis of God walking in the garden with mm-hmm. humanity. Yeah. Um, do you want to kind of expand on that idea and kind of how we as Christians can kind of get, I think, confused about the language of heaven, yep. uh, co-opting our own ideas mm-hmm. um, and putting it on the text, which doesn't quite capture what doesn't it is? Doesn't capture, yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, I mean, I think Obviously, Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 are an account that God created the heavens and the earth. We see it. It's the first lines of Genesis chapter 1. It's like the last words of Genesis chapter 1 and, again, the first words of Genesis chapter 2 because, as Carolyn presented, Genesis chapter 1 is a more systematic approach and Genesis chapter 2 is a more relational unpacking of creation. Um. And as you alluded to, um, sometimes as those not living in the date and time that these texts were written, we go to them with our own constructed view of the world. And when we think of Genesis chapter one and two with our own like cosmology and our understanding of the universe, because like we live, I mean, we were just talking science and stuff. We live in a world that we've been blessed to have uncovered a lot more about Way God has created than the original writers would have had, Mm -hmm. and so we enter that text with that wealth of knowledge, which is really good. Um, but in order to fully capture, I believe, what they are communicating, you have to do your best to go into it with the lens through which they went into it. And so, when we're dealing with a text that's dealing about heaven and earth, like I feel like we entered the text. Thinking about Earth, okay, it's a planet amongst many planets, mm-hmm. amongst many galaxies. Um, it just happens to be the one that we inhabit. Um, when we think of heaven, um, I mean, a whole bunch of things might come to mind. But typically, the average person thinks of heaven, oh, that's the place that I go, hopefully, <laughs> when I die. Right. It's, it's like I of this completely world. other dimension... that's not earth it's not here it's somewhere else we don't really know where but like i guess our spirit goes there when we die and so that's typically the lens through which we think about heaven and that's the context through which we talk about it it's the place we go when we die Um, and so we enter the text with that kind of cosmology and, and understanding of the world but I think there's some, some, I mean, as you read the scriptures, it, it there's many places where you come to realize that that's not necessarily the understanding and the definition they would have had for heaven and earth.
1: And then when we read the text, it doesn't quite fit so congruently with it. Exactly, so if we, it.
0: if we think of, Je- well, the verse we were reading, Genesis chapter 2, um, in verse 4 it says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, repeats itself. And then we have a description of the garden. So it's like, for us, that's like, well, that's just earth. Yeah. But the text is saying this is the this is the account of heaven and earth, but then we just hear earth. Like, that's kind of confusing. Um, and there's other places you can look in scripture that our cosmology doesn't make sense in light of what the, the scriptures are saying. Um, I even think of, like, if we fast forward to Jesus and... I mean, all the gospels, but I think of in Matthew, um, like, well, in all the gospels, right after his baptism, the first like proclamation, like public proclamation that Jesus makes Mm -hmm. is that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, interchangeable phrases, has come. And so that come near, the the Greek, it's like, it's drawing close. It's literally coming to earth. And so Jesus doesn't talk about doesn't seem to be talking about them as these completely different places. Mm-hmm. Sorry, there's, they're distinct, but he doesn't, it's not like they're different dimensions, dimensions, and that right. they're incompatible with one another, or one is just the the place you've like fly to metaphorically when you die. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about them as if there is this possible overlap or interconnection between the two. Mm. Um, and even think about like the Lord's prayer. Yeah. Uh,
1: Thy kingdom come,
0: thy, thy will, will be, be done. done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, el- alluding to this relationship between heaven and earth, which again, when we typically talk about it, um we tend to not understand right. how they fit together. Like it's yeah. it's somewhere else you go. It's over there. We don't know where, but it's it's not here. It's right. it's, elsewhere. it's elsewhere. And so, when you're confronted confronted with texts like this. It, 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 again, it, it, it makes you question, okay, maybe my understanding of heaven and earth don't necessarily match the way that the original writers understood heaven and earth.
1: Right. So the question then is, what is the what's best heaven? way?
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> easy question. Um, I I took a Bible project course, actually, and on heaven and earth. We'll include the link to it, actually, Excellent. and maybe some helpful videos Excellent that will unpack video. what I'm attempting to unpack a lot more eloquently. Um, But they kind of do a long unpacking of different places where the scriptures are talking about heaven and earth, and they come to the conclusion, uh, which is one I I tend to agree with, that the, the simplest but most biblically accurate way of understanding or defining heaven and earth is to just view it as our space and God's space. And so the way that the biblical writers understood earth was the place that humanity inhabited. And the best way or the way that they understood heaven was that was just the space that God inhabited. Hmm. Um, Often they attributed that to the sky. Um, That was God's space. Uh, That was just, I think, a way of them visualizing it. But overall, it was really just heaven was the place that God inhabited where his presence was most full. Hmm. And so when you re-enter, if we go back to the text that we, we worked through this week, the Genesis passage, if you re-enter the text with simply defining earth as our space and heaven as God's space, um, I, think, I think the passage makes a little bit more sense, right? Because again, we see Genesis 2, 4 say, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created when the Lord made the earth and the heavens. And then it goes on to explain the creation of the garden as this place where God was there. Heaven. The, he- the garden was God's space. In Genesis yeah. 3, we see literally see him walking around in it. Mm. So clearly, that was a space that he inhabited. So from that sense, you can define the garden as heaven. Mm-hmm. And Which it's also earth because... That's the place that he decided to place Adam and Eve. And so the garden is this beautiful place where it is um, humanity's space, but it is also God's space. So it is literally, it is the account of the creation of heaven and earth. And yes, obviously God existed before the garden and he would have had his own space there. Mm -hmm. We're not diving into that. But when you define heaven and earth as just God's space and our space, then yes, the garden is the creation of the heavens and the earth because that is a shared space that God has placed. And and the thing that I think Carolyn hit home really well in her message was what this, just taking that at face value, what this reveals to us about God, Mm -hmm. right? That his ultimate desire in his creation and his desire with those he created in his image was to inhabit the same space. Mm-hmm. That there would be no distinction, sorry, not no distinction, but like no separation. Yeah. Um, that God the relationship would be one of unity and that we would be able to enjoy life in this beautiful creation with God right at our side in this like mm. loving, yeah, companionship.
1: And I mean, I'm jumping ahead and you're gonna have to listen to Fred's sermon on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we know that sin, mm-hmm. um, the choosing for ourselves what is right and wrong, um, separated, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you could not, yeah, humanity could not dwell in the same. Yeah, place. well, the
0: the the image of Adam and Eve being kicked out of the garden is this image of heaven and earth almost being separated in a sense, yeah. right? Where where humanity and God no longer took up the same space, they were incompatible because of the impact of sin, which I'm assuming Fred will unpack for us on Sunday on Sunday. Um, yeah. but yeah, it, it is this separation, and I mean, again, spoilers, but the whole story of the Bible is this reunion of heaven and earth, and we think back to that passage that Jesus uh, sorry, the reunion of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ, mm. right? He was the, the way in which God executed that mission and plan to reunite heaven and earth. And again, first things he says when he shows up on the plane, that literally he is coming to bring and reunite heaven right. and earth.
1: And going back to kind of that first, what does it mean to be made in God's image? Mm-hmm. Uh, we reflect God's image, but the only way uh, that we're able to respond to God Mm-hmm. is through christ mm-hmm. um and he is the way in which mm-hmm. um we can be restored back into yeah. the rightful image yeah that yeah of god we're supposed to bear yeah right yeah. um
0: and in our series we're going to eventually get to that uh
1: we're trying to synthesize it in yeah 15 but seconds but i think
0: for like at this moment just reflecting on um the heart of our the triune god in mm. his original intent for us to literally take up the same space as him mm. is remarkable yeah and i think in a world where we obviously i would say i mean our world has many challenges but an identity challenge is certainly one of them in trying to figure out who we are um i don't think this this text can be more relevant than ever or more over, understated, overstated? Understated. I don't know which way to go. It's important <laughs> to <laughs> speak into an I- a world of identity crisis because right. like God wants you. God loves us dearly. That was how he created, he literally created us to bear his image and to live in relationship with him. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, I think that speaks into a lot of the challenges that people have with who they are. Where their worth should be placed. Mm. Um, I don't think there's a better place to place your worth than in the fact that God ultimate ultimate desire is to just be with us.
1: His design. Yeah. Our design. Yeah. yeah. Was to yeah. be in that and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a, a
0: that's a corporate yeah like uh, reality for all human beings, but mm-hmm. it is also a very personal reality mm-hmm. uh, for each and every one of us. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. We're going to keep this podcast shorter, but I do want to encourage you to, if anything resonated, if uh, we certainly didn't do the greatest job explaining it, we tried our best. Yeah. But I want to, I want to encourage you to look at the Bible Project link, mm-hmm. which does an excellent job of explaining that heaven and earth and the way in which um, the Bible explains heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of is a little different than we understand. Yeah. Uh, and is isn't just about this place you go when you die. Yeah. You class. get
0: glimpses of that. Like I know, um, like Jesus on the cross says, you will be with me in paradise. This yeah. idea that when you die, you will be in paradise.
1: But paradise is not necessarily a different dimension. It's in the presence of God, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And I don't think we can yeah. quite unpack all of that. Yeah. But it means to be mm-hmm. with God. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and, I think the cool thing they point out is that most of the time you t- hear the Bible talk about heaven, it's about this, this unity between God's space and our space yeah. and, and that ultimate completion of that in Revelation 22
1: yeah, in the city. I think it's exciting because um, our salvation, uh, being redeemed, made right with God, is not just for the day you die and mm-hmm. kind of check out mm-hmm. till then, but yeah. no, no. We have a purpose in the here and now. Your yeah. kingdom come, your will yeah. be done. This yeah. prayer we're invited to pray daily. Yeah, um, and
0: heaven isn't just a future experience. It is very much a here and now
1: experience. Our invitation is yeah. to dwell with God mm-hmm. and show others yeah. um, that they might experience yeah. salvation. And it's first. just
0: it's the, it's the same concept that so many of us are familiar with. It's just now adopting the heaven and earth language to talk about it because we always talk about Jesus makes a way for us to have a relationship with God and, mm-hmm. um, uninfringed by our sin um, and no longer dependent upon my ability to sin or not sin. It's dependent upon what Christ has done for me. Um, it's the same concept, but now just using the heaven and earth terminology as, as um, Jesus has provided this way for us to now inhabit the same space as God. Mm. Um, literally for us to be able to live in heaven on earth. Um,
1: yeah, so it's it's yeah. cool stuff. So in summary, cavemen, you can look into it. <laughs> um, I I don't think either understanding new earth, old earth, how humanity came about really matters. What matters it ultimately? It doesn't compromise.
0: It does definitely, neither of them threaten. Nothing. Uh, it doesn't
1: threaten because ultimately, what Genesis uh, is describing is that we were made in the image of God. Yeah. Um, and uh, the idea of heaven and earth, uh, like we shared, is um, the redemptive narrative of God bringing us into a space that we can dwell with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think when we read it in that light, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, There's rest, peace for the soul, Mm -hmm. um, purpose and excitement. And so uh, I'm encouraged by the conversation. Uh, So I hope you guys are too. Mm -hmm. Um, Thanks for tuning in and checking out this week's podcast. We'll be back uh, maybe with some different guests. Have to wait and see. Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) He's been great, hasn't he? I will not take that personally. (laughs) Don't take it personally. All right. Take care, guys. Have a great day. See you guys.